0: Hey guys, welcome to Mike It Up. Today, we're gonna to talk about both the benefits and the costs of innovation in the mattress industry. Stick around.
1: Welcome to Mike It Up with GoodBed.com's Jeff Cassidy. So when that's the case, it becomes harder just psychologically to make a change. And Mike Magnuson.
0: If you're doing those things, you can be competitive long-term. Just when you thought
1: these number crunching data lovers couldn't get any nerdier, they started a
0: podcast. And I know this is pretty controversial. But this is why we're having a podcast, right? But if you
1: want to be smart about how the mattress shopping journey is changing and what retailers and manufacturers should be doing about it, well then, man, have you ever found your people? Because right now, it's time to mic it up.
0: So, yeah, so basically this episode kind of like was this topic was triggered by the recent announcement that Camping Spring Air about them kind of moving away from market market calendar market
1: product release schedule product
0: release schedule yeah so their um, actual phrasing was that they're going to stop competing against themselves by introducing something new so quickly which I found that particularly interesting because it tied back, it harkened back to something I wondered about from my earliest days in the industry. I was struck by this. And one of the things that first that actually captured my attention on this particular front was I noticed very early on after we launched our Q and A forum that many people were coming to our site and asking the same question, which was, I have this mattress, how do I get,
1: how do I get the exact, same, the exact one same thing again?
0: And I was like, wow, that's really interesting because it was very quickly clear to me that in most cases, the answer was, you're not gonna get that. Not from this brand and probably not from any brand, or at least it's gonna be very hard for you to trace any kind of exact connection between what you have and what you can find now. So I started to wonder, why is that? And does that make sense? And the first question, why is that? That answer started to become pretty clear to pretty pretty quickly when I started talking to people in the industry, which was, that was something that existed, of course, because of the the cycle of markets, you know, Las Vegas market, high point market, but it was also because the theory was that in an industry that you're really, it's, it's really about manufacturers selling to retailers. And and not, and they're the customer, the retailers, the customer, not the consumer, the real priority was placed on how do we keep our customers excited about something new about our products? How do we keep our retailers excited about our products? Mm -hmm. And how do we therefore like, you know, keep them wanting to buy more from us? And that was really about coming up with something new to them. So our products needed to be freshened up in their eyes. And maybe To a degree, it was about keeping the RSAs of those retailers energized about the products that that are on their floor. And so something new from those products got them just to be more excited as they talked about it to to consumers, even though whether it was new to the consumer may or may not actually have mattered at all. Mm -hmm. But it mattered to the RSA and and that mattered. In, in the broader scheme of things. So that became pretty clear to me that that was the reason. But at the same time, I did kind of still wonder, is that is that right? You know, does that really matter? And, and, I, and I, in the first context in which I wanted to think about it was, well, how much does it matter to the end consumer? Because that's certainly the variable that really wasn't being considered at all mm-hmm. in the equation. And it was maybe just even presumed that, of course, people would want something new,
1: right? That they like innovation and everything else. So they would want it just as much in mattresses.
0: Yeah. So, so to answer that question, I, I posted a survey and mind you, this was a while ago, so this isn't fresh data, but I have
1: 2013, right? Yeah, it was
0: 2013 when I first started wondering about, well, it was probably before then when I first started wondering about this, but it was 2013 when I posted this survey on our website. And, and, um, so take it for what it's worth, but for for what it's worth I kind of feel like a lot of this data would be you know pretty similar amongst today's shoppers I don't
1: know. that could be part of this discuss- yeah. this discussion or sure sure or not. It, we could make yeah.
0: reasonable people could disagree on that very, but important, actually,
1: very important to note 2013 yeah, data
0: put it this way the number of people who come to our site and ask for the uh, where they can find the same mattress that they already have has not gone down really not at all it, not at all that's exactly as common as it was in 2010. So that that's
1: surprising. That's surprising to me.
0: That, as a data point, suggests to me that the mindset of the consumer on this particular front has not changed a whole lot. Uh, that being said, there certainly is a lot more mattress advertising out there, so there yeah. there would be maybe more people who are drawn into the idea of something new or better or something that maybe maybe innovation has taken place and that they might want to benefit from it. So, and in general, we become even more like technologically, like everything is more sort of shorter life cycles and more technological innovation, you know, with our iPhones, we replace them every two years, because there's always something new. And there are more products that are like that in our lives today than there were 10 years ago. So on that respect, maybe maybe the needle would have moved just generally a little bit in that direction. But nonetheless, um, I, I fundamentally believe that there are different types of products. And some types of products, people are more apt to value innovation, and some they're less. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I set out to answer in this survey was which type of product is mattresses? Where does it fall in that? And the question that we asked was, would you buy a new mattress? That's an exact replica of your current one. Cause that to me got at the heart of the matter, which mm-hmm. is like, if you'd buy, if you'd buy one, that's an exact replica. Well then you clearly and presumably, the don't one care you about what the the ten years old. Right. Yeah, per, then per, then you clearly don't care about yeah. What's the latest and greatest? I mean, for example, if you ask that question with regards to your television, you know you're in the market to replace a ten year old television. I don't think anybody would say yeah. I'd buy the exact same replica. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to presume things have gotten smaller, better, faster, brighter, whatever, and they want to benefit from those. So I asked that with mattresses and. 23% of people said yes. 77% said no. So how does that land yeah. with
1: you? The other, right off the, top. The, the other way around. We had, there was a glitch no, no. In, the, uh, 20, in the... 23% in the, of
0: people said that they would buy an exact replica of their current mattress. 77% of people said no. They would not. How does that land with you?
1: Sounds about right. Like I think you, in the in the post you got into it, but it's, it's highly depends on how long they've had the mattress. So if I'm unhappy, I will have gone to seek a new mattress sooner. And I'm probably more likely to say, I care about the latest and greatest. If I've had it for a long time, it works. So it, I know this works and it's a daunting task to figure out new stuff. I know this works. So I just want the same thing because I know it works for me. Yeah, but kind of uh,
0: that, you know, some ways that's intuitive, like you put it, but you could also view that as counterintuitive that people who have owned their mattress longer, whose mattress design therefore was older, it was an older model. They were more likely to have said yes to that question. And so, so those people just to your, the way you put it, it sounded intuitive, but in another way, I think it's a little counterintuitive. And so Overall, when I saw 23% at first blush, I was like, oh, that's actually lower than I expected. I thought maybe even more people would say. Uh, but, but we actually had thought this through on the front end of this survey. And so it was actually, if they answered yes, we asked them how long they had had their current mattress. That's how we got the data that we just shared. But if they answered no, we asked them why not? And we gave them several choices uh, ranging from, I want something newer or better, that which is kind mm-hmm. of like what we presumed is the main reason why people would
1: care about innovation. would not
0: want the same replica. It certainly would be the main reason why people wouldn't answer yes if it was about their TV. Mm-hmm. But then we also said, well, what about my current mattress wasn't good for me, like meaning it wasn't a good match to start with, or my current mattress didn't last, like mm-hmm. I don't want a replica of this one because this thing didn't hold up to my expectations. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is just, I want something different. Like I want to change, which is kind of like a, just a different way of saying, you know, maybe it wasn't right for me or something like that. Uh, I think, but maybe it, we, we allowed for like the possibility of maybe they just wanted some different features or something. I don't know. We just wanted to give like a different way to say that. But the bottom line was the way that data came back only th- of the people of the 77% of people who said, no, I would not buy a replica only 32%. Said it was because they want something newer or better. Hmm. So, in other words, only one quarter of the people said it was because that, that basically that they they want they want the latest and greatest. That's the that's the bottom line. Over fifty percent, like about fifty five percent, said either their current mattress was never the right fit for them or it didn't last. So, basically, half of the original survey base of people said. I don't want my a new another one of these because I didn't I wasn't satisfied Mm -hmm. with this product to uh, either either because of its yeah for for whatever reason for
1: whatever reason right
0: and then the rest of the people you know there's the the people who said I want something different that was the smallest that was only fourteen percent of the seventy seven percent so it's hard to know where what bucket to lump those with but Mm -hmm. but I think the bottom line is you had about. 25% of people, just to speak in broad terms, who said, "Yeah, I would want I would want a replica." About 25% of people said, "No, I want the latest and greatest." And about 50% of people said, "Like, I don't want a replica, but I also it's not that I need the latest and greatest. I just didn't want this." This one
1: did. Yeah, this one wasn't the right one for me.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of the high level. So, so. That to me, when I when we got the full context of all the data, it really did open my eyes because I I thought I realized, OK, for one thing. Now, all of a sudden, the 25% seems pretty big, right? When you think about it, wow, one in four mattress shoppers would literally get the exact same mattress, 25% of the market would buy the exact same mattress if they could, <laughs> that's hmm. that's actually when you think of it in that respect it's pretty significant. yeah. And only 25% really care about the latest and greatest. And so that got me thinking about well, why? Why don't people put more emphasis on innovation in this category? And what is it about different products that makes them makes people kind of more or less apt to value the latest and greatest. And as I thought about that, I came up with three things. One was if the product has actively used features, so for example, in the TV, you know, a bigger screen, a clearer picture, those are good examples of actively used features. And maybe if you're, if it's a mountain bike, maybe the there's more gears or like the the disc, the brakes, they work better, they're faster, whatever. Those are things that you're actively using, and you can appreciate those improvements all the more as a result. Does that make sense? Like. So as if in, the
1: innovate, the the innovation happens in one of those features that you use a lot?
0: Yeah, if, if so, it, whereas mattress innovation doesn't tend to be as actively, it's like passively used by definition. In most cases, there's a, there's a little bit of activate, you know, like, if you're just consciously
1: used, you mean, like, basically,
0: I, I mean, active versus passive, like you're, you're ma- taking an action to use a feature versus you're just passively appreciating a feature. And so I think generally speaking, the mattress features, with the exception of things like adjustability or whatever, like those tend to be most features tend to be passively utilized. So people I think are just a little bit less apt to, uh, to value innovation in those types of features. It's not mm-hmm. to say they don't value it at all. But like, I just think on the margin, less. Another thing is features that have actively discernible performance benefits will be more valued. So like your golf club. More
1: clearly, more clearly trackable performance.
0: Sure. You know. Clearly discernible maybe is a better way to put that. Yeah. yeah. So like your golf club that like the driver that goes 20 yards further. Yeah, That's a good example. Yep. That's, that's like, well, that's an innovation I can, I could place concrete value on. Mm-hmm. It's much harder by contrast with a mattress to, to put a measurable, right. discernible, improvement on, on something. I mean, we try to measure our sleep these days with these apps and stuff, but even, even with the benefit of those, it's very difficult to, in any reliable way, it measure the improvement. And then the, of course, the third reason why people would value the latest and greatest is like when there's fashion aspects, okay, like clothes or anything that's just kind of going to look dated. There's, motivation for people to value the latest and greatest and mattresses, because of the fact that they're covered all the time, they really just don't have any element of that. Mm-hmm. And so as I started to think about it, I was like, okay, so like, what other products are kind of like mattresses in this way, you know, where, where they're like, there's a degree of personal fit to them, you know, just, or personal preference, maybe like, like oh, maybe, or maybe both and maybe even like features, like which features I want, like and they don't necessarily have those other elements. They don't have fashion, they don't have like discernible, measurable advantages, um, and and they don't have actively used features. And <laughs> the example I came up with, many people in the industry probably didn't like when I said this the first time and probably won't like me saying it again, but the example I came up with was underwear. <laughs> It's not unlike the way you buy underwear. And just hear me out on this example, because I'm not saying mattresses are underwear. <laughs> or like but uh, imagine. And I
1: think you're talking more men's underwear. Right? I'm
0: talking 100% men's underwear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. talking about lingerie. Right. Although Jeff's lingerie Jeff wears lingerie. So. <laughs> We have to carve that out. I'm talking about the men's underwear that most men wear, not the type you wear. So...
1: I don't wear underwear. I don't know, why you're t- I
0: don't know what you TMI. TMI. Come on. All right. So what I mean is like just the, imagine the average man. You know, he's got like a certain type of boxer. Maybe he's a boxer's guy. Maybe he's a briefs guy. Maybe he's a boxer briefs guy. Whatever it is, he's got the kind of underwear he, he's got. Imagine pre-internet days, like imagine you walk into, you know, a department store where you normally get your underwear and they've just completely, two years have passed and they've completely changed all the underwear. Like it's just like the underwear that you've bought every time, no longer available. And you're like, Hey, I'm just looking for like this, the, you know, the, the two button Calvin Klein boxer briefs. And they're like, Oh no, no, we don't make those anymore but they've got this new underwear. You're gonna love it, it's totally different. (laughs) And you're like back at square one, trying to figure out now like, which is the underwear that I want, which is like, that one's the one that worked for me. Like, it just did the job. Like, I, you know, you'd be frustrated. You'd be super frustrated. And it would, by the way, it would be kind of foolish for the companies to do that because there's so many people who would just be like, would have otherwise been a loyal customer for life maybe if, Mm -hmm. if they just could get the one that they know worked. And I think there's a a large degree to which mattresses are like that. Like they're trying to just do a job, right? Which is like, I just need to be able to sleep well on this thing. Right. And if I find, I mean, granted our bodies change over time. So I'm aware of that. And I do recognize that, that the mattress that works for you in one decade of your life may or may not work for you in the next decade. uh, Certainly may not work as well, but big picture, if, if you your needs aren't going to change that much in most cases, uh, between mattresses. So on the margin, if you could find something that's pretty darn similar to something that you know, worked, then for a lot of people, I think that's going to be all they really want or need.
1: Yeah, few things that are critical in factoring into that one is the they have in their head that the process of finding a new one is daunting to them. Mm -hmm. The other is it's very expensive, so it's a big purchase. And the other is how important the performance is in terms of their sleep. So they know they need a good night's sleep. So this is critically important to their health and to their life. So it's really important, it's really expensive, and it's really daunting. So given those three things, if I already have a solution, I did the investment of time, of money 10 years ago, and it worked great. I'm very happy. It's just kind of worn out. I, I can skip all that risk if I just get the same thing. All right, I know exactly what I'm getting. Right. And, and is elim- a way of addressing that risk.
0: I agree. All those things make you more risk prone. And then, yeah, being able to get the same thing reduces the, that risk. Ag- yeah. Agreed. But, 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 but that, at the same time, if you're sleeping well, why do you need something different? Like, why, like Even, even apart from how risk prone you are, that's a great point. I mean, so that's, that's just, to me, that was like an interesting ins- insight that I wanted to share with people. We put it on our blog. I don't know I even know how many people have seen that post over the years. But when I saw this announcement from spring air, it made me think of that hmm. because I, I I've always felt that the industry places too much emphasis on regularly changing its product lines for the sake of it, what seemed like to me, just for the sake of it.
1: Or just be out of some sense of obligation, like we have to do this. So even though we don't have anything, we don't have anything really new, but we got to do something. So let's figure out how we can package up something.
0: Yeah. To make it seem different and new, but what I guess I wanted to talk about. And so there certainly are benefits, obviously, like, so we, we talked about how there's 25% of people who do specifically want, or at least in 2013, who did specifically want the latest and greatest. And I can only imagine that number has crept up for reasons we described earlier, right. right? Just as a society, I think we've become a little bit more inclined towards the latest and greatest, towards technological innovation and things like that. So, and, and given all the like new market entrance in the mattress category in the last year. In Yeah, years, and,
1: and the extensive advertising. So you, yeah,
0: you I get... would think that there's, that number has probably crept up. Do I think that number is 50%? No. I do not think that number is like, I would guess it's crept up, but not like radically changed the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so there are benefits to having the latest and greatest, but at the same time, I guess what, one of the things I wanted to point out, I feel like those benefits maybe are a little bit more obvious to people because that seems to have been the default MO of the industry to, to, to refresh the product lines so regularly. So those benefits must be, well, very obvious. What I wanted to point out more maybe in this in this episode was just some of the costs, which I thought, again, were signaled or referenced, if not directly, then indirectly, in an in announcement from Spring Air. In the
1: Spring Air quote, yeah. From,
0: yep. Yeah, yeah, competing against ourselves it was one of the ways they put it. But, I mean, the concept of uh, ha- making your retailers change out their floor samples, I mean, you've got to...
1: Yeah, all your marketing, marketing materials, all the marketing materials have to change. Yeah, all the work that goes into the messaging, the time of your people, the reviews reviews. you've generated
0: and all that goodwill that you've generated in those previous products, you've got stock that gets stuck in a warehouse. And now it's Mm -hmm. like, it got essentially got to be clearance. Mm -hmm. Because it's no longer it's essentially it's a discontinued line. And people by the way, they definitely care about like, wait, I mean, this is another common question we get. Wait, why was this discontinued? What's wrong with it? Something
1: was wrong with it.
0: Yeah, what's wrong with like, I I just bought this product and now I find out uh, it's gonna be discontinued. What's wrong with it? Did I buy something bad? Yeah. They assume, (laughs) understandably, they assume when something gets continued it's because something better was discovered that like something, and and of course the answer is no, it's fine, (laughs) what, (laughs) what you bought is fine. They're changing it yeah. for no. It didn't get
1: recalled. It didn't it, get recalled. It just, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's so, but nonetheless, people, because of how things work in other categories, like that's their expectation. So that's a cost, right? And there's, and there's soft costs too. Like we talked about the reviews, the brand equity that they build up in a, that you build up in a model name and the opportunity, maybe the biggest soft cost is the opportunity for these repeat buyers this 25% or so of the market that that if you were to keep that product around for the duration of the time that they own it and thus it's still around when they're ready to replace it would be an easy repeat sale an easy one that would have like obvious loyalty and and, and you could actually have have real customer retention essentially
1: yeah there is one other thing i was going to mention which is the the RSA training so you talked about it at- earlier on in getting them enthusiastic and energized about something new. The cost side of that is when I introduce something new, I have to train all of them. That's right. Not only the cost of that, but there's some risk that I don't train them well enough. And now that the, my poor education about the new thing hurts my sales because I didn't do the training well. So there's, there's actual costs, and then there's risk that is non-zero.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's risks, there's hard costs, there's soft costs. There's a lot of costs. And so if you're thinking about product innovation and you're just thinking about it for innovation's sake, I just think it's worth, it's worth really asking yourself the question of what are we getting out of this? And because of the, because of the fact that there is a lot on the other side of this equation cost wise. Mm-hmm the spring air announcement just got me it, it was it was interesting because it it felt like to me it fit into kind of a broader narrative of just like the in, the entire industry recognizing the importance of the consumer and i think like this is where the d to c brands and their success in marketing directly to the consumer really has kind of the industry's learned from that and it, we're seeing the, more and more decisions get made where there's recognition of opportunities or costs vis-a-vis the consumer being maybe, uh, those considerations maybe may being placed at an increased level of importance relative to strictly looking at it through the lens of the retailer is my customer.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we talk, I, th- I think you even op- we opened the episode talking about the cost of innovation for innovation's sake. I, now that we're in the discussion, I don't think innovation is the right word. Um, I think it's more what we're talking about is the cost of model changes or the cost of uh, product line changes versus innovation. So that's a good like point. <laughs> when Spring Air is saying we're not we're not going to compete with ourselves, they're not saying I'm not going to I'm going to innovate less. They're saying I'm just not going to change my lines until there's a meaningful reason to change my lines. So. I think we right. should make That's that clear. Point. We're not talking about innovation, the, the desire and the actions to constantly be trying to improve like that has to happen. We're talking about line changes and line introductions. That's well, again, yeah, I think it, it is just we're talking about
0: when there is quote unquote innovation for innovation's sake, as opposed to real innovation. Yeah. Like when, when there's just when there's when there's line changes being dressed up as innovation, versus actual line changes driven by real innovation. Mm-hmm. That's maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really good point. We're we're totally pro innovation.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It, but
0: it, but we're not what we're what we're saying is what we're questioning is what is the value really of the sort of more on the margin type of stuff where you just sort of change things around a little bit and put Every a new year. cover yeah. on it and you give them new names and in that type of stuff, like, and, and being so committed to a schedule of, well, this is only going to run by
1: this date too. Yeah.
0: X number of years. And now it's, now it's getting stale or whatever that type of mindset. I feel like we're, I, I would sort of, it's not to say that it's wrong. I mean, there's a lot of people in this industry who know much more about the pros and cons of this than we do, but yeah. I'm, I'm just raising the question of whether, especially in this, Rapidly changing competitive environment, the benefits really do outweigh the costs.
1: Right. Well, it's not just you raising that question, right? Spring Air taking that action, they're raising. Correct. They're, they're taking a stance on that question. Yeah. Um, the other thing here is that obviously online has been stealing share uh, the online category, and to some ex- to some extent, the traditional brands are obviously competing. They don't want. They want. They want to keep their share, grow their share, so. Another thing you have to take into account is are the cost disadvantages, or the for traditional, ver- or the the cost advantages for online. So, for example, the first when I came into the industry and went to my first market, I was blown away. I was like, how can this be cost effective? Um, like. To not only the line changes, but to have the, the
0: showroom the, space. The
1: showroom space and yeah. all the beds that get shipped there is like the mind people. blowing. Yeah, yeah, it was mind blowing. So that's a, just as one example of a cost that the online brands don't have. And those costs of implementing a change that we just talked about of like the, your marketing team having to do the messaging, the training of the RSAs, the risk that that introduces, all those costs of a line change that have to, you have to trickle that change through the system that online guys don't have to deal with that. They can make yeah, a product they're, change they're putting and their, they're putting is, that they just same... have to change the website.
0: Right. And they're putting those same dollars towards building pull demand from the consumer
1: instead. Yeah. yeah. So so those cost um maybe not so efficient costs um it becomes more and more important to eliminate inefficient spending. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you be- could
0: argue that, you know, Beauty rests SSB pulling out of Vegas that could be you could argue that that fits into the same trend too. I mean, Who knows if it fails, if that's that will stay. I don't know. If it'll
1: stay that way. I don't know either. Yeah. But if
0: it does, you know, that, that, you know, you could look back history could view that as a change that fits into this same kind of narrative. Um, Mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, but nonetheless, uh, we just thought this was an interesting topic. It raised, raised some old, some data. We had some data to bring to bear here that we thought was still relevant to share on this front. So we thought, why not do an episode on this? And, um, We'll we'll keep it. We'll probably cut it off there, unless there's anything else we uh, neglected no, think, to mention.
1: I think I think we hit it. Yeah, uh, so this we'll is pro- another. This is another one where I'd love to talk, get more perspectives from people, um, retailers especially, of from their perspective. I, I, I would think? love that. I would yeah, love to I hear be- from
0: retailers on this as to did did we hit on something here? Because they're they're the voice that we got a lot of data from the consumer on this. Generally speaking, on this particular point, that's where we're more informed. But we haven't spent a lot of time talking to retailers about this. And so while we we have a lot of things that we do have good data from retailers on, this isn't one of them. And so I'd love to hear from retailers, where did we miss the mark on this or where did we hit the mark on Mm -hmm. this? And what's what's their point of view? So what's your point of view? So, yeah, please let us know. Uh, reach out to us in the in the comments on LinkedIn or or wherever you discover this it, on YouTube, for that matter. We'd love to hear uh, what your perspective is on the value of innovation and this distinction between kind of real innovation and kind of innovation for innovation's sake, or you know, product line changes just for the sake of it. So. Uh, as always though we're going to wrap it up here and as always we thank you for listening and we hope that uh, hope you like what you're hearing if you do please uh, subscribe to the show and leave us a review it's helpful for other people to discover the podcast it takes two seconds you can you can uh, click a rating on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and uh, it it really does help other people so uh, in the meantime I think that's it for us and we're out